And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. Good afternoon, everybody. We are live. This is the recording of the Elevating IT Podcast. It's Friday. You are listening to... Um, this week's episode of the Elevating IT Podcast. And it is recorded live every Friday on Facebook and on YouTube, so you can tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am Mike Brooks, and I'm here with Frank Benedetto from Audit. Good afternoon, Mike. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Good to see everybody on. Let us know, uh, you know, comment. Let us know where you are. Say hi. Make a joke. That's the cool thing about doing it live. You can actually see what people, what's going on with people. So feel free to post a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, today's episode, we're talking about, uh, we're continuing our conversation on the elements of really what it takes to get to a sale, how to sell. And and we started in, uh, you want to, I'll tell you what, Frank, I'm doing a lot of talking. Why don't you recap where, we, uh, where we've been and we'll talk about where we're going. We're on week three of this. Yeah, so I believe we spoke about the gap, right? That you know people are uh, uh, buying change essentially, and the change and the value is in the in the difference between the the present state and the future state. Um, what did we talk about the first week? The first week was something very basic. I forget now, actually. Yeah, nice. I stumped you. I love it. Yeah, you did. If you put me on the spot there, I'm like I never stump you. We're trying to remember. Uh, you are unstumpable. Like this is a, I should, well, I'm glad we're recording this moment. This is great. Yeah. So the first week was, you didn't do your homework, Frank. We, the first week was, uh, I know it's been a long week. Well, we didn't even talk about that. Maybe we should rewind because we were supposed to chat yesterday and you were, you had like all sorts of family stuff and you were out on vacation. So you're, you're, yeah. uh, you, you get a pass for the week. But we, we yeah. started, we started talking about problems problem nothing really happens if there's not a problem right that's right no problem no sale no problem no sale that was week one and then last week was you were just working you were you had it right you were just working backwards from week two to week one that's right <laughs> it's been one of those weeks right yeah so i was down the jersey shore uh you know it's some nice weather i've gotten beach mode Came back on Wednesday uh, to get on a, or actually Tuesday to get on a call that uh, I promised somebody I rearranged my schedule to accommodate, and uh, so I came back on two wheels. I just made that call, <laughs> just playing some catch up. We're busy, it's, which is good. Uh, just you know, sometimes going away, you come back and you have more work, but you right. do need to charge the batteries, so. As they say, it's all good, and the weekend's almost here, right? So, right, two o'clock yeah. on Friday, East Coast time. Yeah, we're getting back. Like that's the thing about doing that. And this is, um, you know, the rules of this podcast are that there are no rules. We can have fun. We can talk about nonsense. We can you know, talk about serious stuff. But it's Friday, man. It's the weekend, so we, we got we're, we're nice and loose, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> there you go. So. Week's topic. This week's topic is change, right? Yeah, we're talking. So let's let's recap again, right? Like, so let's back up. We we talked about the problem, and that's nothing happens if there's no problem, right? People are 
motivated. And that's our job when we're fact finding. We talked a lot about that. When you're going out there and, and the sale is really made when, when, you, when you open the door for the very first meeting, right? The technical assessment, or maybe even before that on the phone. It's when you start talking to people. And really what you're trying to do is uncover the problem and the pain that's associated with the problem. And then week two is we talk about uh, the gap, the value and the gap of the value. And the bigger the gap, the more value there is. And today it's about change, right? Finding the problem is not enough. The, the, you know, people, people buy a solution to a problem, but the problem has to be bad enough for them to want to change. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Next week we're going to talk about and we can we can overlap this. I mean, there's no rules here, right? Because number three and number four kind of interplay with each other. Number three is is change, but it, it overlaps with number four really, which would people people don't necessarily like change. Right. I agree. I think that for a lot of prospects, they have a a problem that's bothering them. They may not know all the problems, and uh, many times they're looking for something that we perceive uh, that we could sell a product or a service to solve and we're missing out on the bigger picture. So to your point, during that discovery session, you need to be asking why and really drilling in and getting to the root of the problems and aggravating it so it's fresh in their mind. But people know they have problems all the time. You know, we all deal with services or vendors or people that we kind of feel like we should do something about there's a problem here but we don't immediately change right so you might have a dentist you don't love the dentist but you know they say it's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know like the pain of changing and and changing an it vendor is is a big deal for 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 businesses it's, it's easier if if they don't have an it company because you kind of come in fresh but and you have an IT vendor and, you know, you've entrusted them and they have your passwords, even if they're doing a crappy job, people tend to stick with them for quite some time. And yeah. we know that um, our best prospects are already working with another MSP. So, you know, for me, uh, what that basically boils down to is, is that I don't have to convince this prospect to spend money every month on managed services. Like somebody else has already cleared that hurdle. Right. right. So there. So that's an easier sell for me. If I'm trying to take someone from break fix to managed services, <clears throat> that's usually a lot more difficult because if they're used to spending, you know, fifty bucks a month, and I'm saying spend three thousand, we're a world apart. That's a that's a you know Grand Canyon of uh, of, of of a gap. Um, so, but to your point, even though there's a problem, nobody's going to buy anything unless they're ready to change. Right. And that's what they're ultimately buying from you when you when you realize that when they're ready to buy from somebody, what they're saying is, I want to buy change. What I have right now isn't good enough and it's not, you know, doing the trick. And if you go in there and don't listen to them and you're just, you know, hell bent on scanning for, for data or, or you go through whatever your robotic process is and you circumvent the, the discovery the way it should be done. Um, it's unlikely that the change you're going to be selling them is what they actually want to be buying. They probably won't say yes to you. Right. Yeah. And the, um, you hit something that, that, that's, that's kind of important is there's a real, it's really hard to get people to make a change because 
it's the like you said, I think you said the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. People yeah. will literally pay and continue with bad service because the fear of switching is greater than the fear of staying. And and think about it for a minute. You know, think about how underserved somebody can be. Like you know this. You've made changes, and we've all made changes, and and we've seen customers make changes where they finally make a change after years, and they go, "I'm so pissed off at myself for waiting right. four years. I was afraid. I was thinking of changing four years ago, and now I see I was ripped off all these years, or um, I see that all these problems were caused. They start to unfurl the, the you know, this this mess that's left behind. That's a real serious thing. It's it's interesting. I, I don't. You know, why do people do that? Why do we do that? Why do we yeah, humans so, do that? We all do it. Yeah, there's comfort in longevity. That's a safety thing uh, where it's um, people view the change and as as risky behavior, right? So we're all programmed to to be more risk adverse to avoid that pain or that and we all have that fear of failure, and we're programmed into thinking that longevity equals safe right? The restaurant's been around for 50 years. This guy's been in business for 20 years. There's, there's gotta be a reason why, you know, he's good or why he's been around that long, which doesn't necessarily equate, um, correctly, but that's, you know, I've read that a few different times and, uh, it's definitely one of the reasons why people do tend to stay with that, that devil they know, even if they're not happy because the, the fear of change is, is greater than their desire to change. And um, that's what you're really battling against. The other thing is, is you don't know what you don't know, which is kind of what you just said, where people say, wow, if I knew this, I would have changed three years ago, right? Yeah. They don't know that. And that's why you can't afford to just take the prospect's word for it, right? When they say, oh, we need you to come in, we need new wireless access points because our Wi-Fi isn't working properly. If you just go, okay, and you send them a proposal for new wireless access points and you never either ask them why or go there to see for yourself and then, you know, start asking probe questions, you'll just sell a product or a service, right? And that's not great. You'll make a couple bucks. But if you want to be successful in this industry and serve your clients properly and keep them clients for a long time, then you need to find out what's the underlying cause. What are you trying to accomplish? Why do you think the wireless isn't working? What are the symptoms? Um, you know, what what makes you think changing the wireless to a different brand or product is going to fix this, right? And you, know, you really need to drill into it. And then a lot of times you may need new wireless access points, but you know what? And you may need a new switch. <laughs> you may need a, a firewall. You may need a UPS and some other things to go along with that. And then when you start working with that, client, then they say, wow, if I knew this, I would have changed this three years ago. Well, don't beat yourself up. You know why? Because you're not an IT guy, right? You only know what you know. Uh, you have to pause for a second because you uh, FedEx is here and I have to sign up for something. Oh, man. So Sorry. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk about something while Frank is gone because he can't correct me while he's gone. So that's fantastic. So um, and comment, feel free to comment if you want to make fun of Frank for leaving during the middle of a, of a Facebook, YouTube live. That's great. Um, so I, and I can't find my book because I'm I'm in. So if you're watching this, you you know I'm in a different spot. Usually I have my bookcase behind me, but I'm in a different room. 
today. So my bookcase, I'm looking all over for, for a book. And um, there's a great book called Influence by Robert Cialdini, which I can't find. And I highly recommend you read this because this is, th this stuff is where the rubber meets the road with getting people to, to change their mind. Like it's really, really hard to get people to change their mind. So it makes sense to constantly try to figure out ways and techniques and strategies to get better at that. So I'm gonna go back to the fact that the only way you're gonna do that is by asking great questions, right? You have to probe and you have to probe in a scientifically um, uh, proven method. You can't just ask, ask silly questions, right? You can't ask, you don't wanna ask yes or no questions, you wanna get people talking. And you don't wanna ask questions that make people dig their heels in, in the ground. There's a, and I referenced a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini, Frank, when you were gone, um, that I can't find because I'm in a different room. So the book's not near me. Um, but in that book, one of the chapters, and it's the, the laws of influence, and, and it's only like a couple laws of influence. He goes, one, one chapter is one law of influence. And one of them is called uh, commitment and consistency. And the principle is, is that when people make a commitment, they stay consistent with that commitment. So, and you can see this, this is really at the crux of probably why we all do this. Why we, when we buy something and we become a client, I become your client, you can now beat me senseless and, and abuse me if you wanted to. Uh, you gotta really beat me bad if, if you, to make me leave, to make me wanna change. So, because I'm consistent with the commitment I made. You see it in politics, you see it in people arguing on social media. You ever see, I mean, we've all probably witnessed people arguing now on social media. I want to get into what they're arguing about, but we've all seen two people arguing back and forth in the comments and it gets weird and it gets heated. And, and the person, you can see the person who's obviously losing the battle. And the more they're losing, the more they're arguing and the more ridiculous they sound. And they're doing that because they made a commitment to their perspective and you're not going to change their mind by belittling them, by making them telling them they're stupid or a sheep or whatever <laughs> words you want to, you want to use, right? You are, you, you have to you have to get them to change their mind themselves. So our job as salespeople selling at IT services is to get is to take them through a line of questioning that gets them to open up and gets them to change their mind. You're not changing their mind. You talk tech at them, you argue with them about stuff. And, and I can talk about what I argue with people about all the time uh, from audits perspective. I bet you can never guess what that is. But if, I, if, if they're not ready to make the change, I'm not going to be able to talk at them and tell them why they should make that change. I need to guide them through a line of questioning that gets them to go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, now they think about it, and then they change their mind. They have to change their mind. Commitment and consistency is a really important law of influence. You'll, you'll just never, you're not going to talk people into making a change unless they want to make a change. So... The, the, there's there's like a, the Socratic method of questioning, right? Like we know that that's used by folks like um, Chris Voss, right? Mm -hmm. They they got they make they guide you through that process of, of making you change their change your mind. I think that's that's what we need to we need to really work on as professionals selling. Yeah, there's definitely an art to the to the discovery session. How you ask the questions. You know, there's different types of questions, right? So there's there's pure discovery. Hey, how many workstations do you have? 
And then there's there's leading questions, right? Um, or probe questions or pr thought provoking mm -hmm. questions. I like the ones where you say, hey, so um, when you get together with your current IT company and you do a test restore every uh, every uh, quarter, um, do they send you the results via email or uh, or do they uh, you know do they put it on uh, in, on you know on paper whatever? And then they go like this. They go, uh, we don't we don't do a restore. I remember I asked that to one one prospect and they were like. Oh yeah, they, they email it. I could tell they were so lying, and they were like, "We we don't do any of that stuff." So those are like those wedge questions, but you know, you can kind of you know take them through that process to make them understand and realize there's a lot of stuff that they're not doing, or that you know there's stones left uh, unturned here. But, yeah, I mean, when you say, "They're uh, talking." Yeah, that's my Bluetooth speaker talking to me. You heard that? Usually, it doesn't pick it up. Yeah, I heard it. Um, I, uh, you know, when you ask people like uh, a lot of times, like what people are buying from you or why they're buying from you, you know, they start giving you all these, well, they they want to do this, they want to do that. And it's all the wrong reason is they're, 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 they're buying change and that's what you're selling. You're selling change. You got to keep uh, that in mind. That's exactly what you're, what you're providing and what we're, and right. what we're doing with audit is we're helping make it really easy for people to see what that change is right so if you no one's ever going to understand all the, the 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 bits and bytes i mean heck it's getting harder for the msps to keep this stuff straight right um but we make it really easy in the uh, audit report for a prospect to be able to see here's where i am presently here's where i could be as a future state and that's the change right i could see the difference very easily if you give somebody just a proposal what you're what you're doing is you're assuming that they know where they are today and only thing that they could see as change is a change in price which is usually up right mm -hmm. and mentally people don't want to just buy stuff that's more expensive they want to see the value and what they're getting for that and where the struggle is in our industry with the technology is that we speak, you say like we speak Klingon, right? We speak in a language that our prospects don't understand. And it doesn't matter how long you talk to them for. It doesn't matter how many pages more your report is. It doesn't matter about empirical data. They don't understand it, right? So at the end of the day, if that's what you're doing is confusing them and you can't let them easily see and buy change from you, if they're still motivated for change, what they'll do is they'll buy the cheapest solution, right? And unless that's you, it's not me anymore. It may have been in the, you know a long time ago, but it's not me anymore. Then it's just a race to the bottom. You're just going to get put on a spreadsheet, four or five different things. This one's the cheapest. And, um, you know, and that's the way you go. Right. And Tristan, uh, is Bailey just popping this up here? Tristan Bailey's listening and, and or watching and said, mm -hmm. backup on test is not really working. I like the way you put that question. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an all, it's in how you phrase it. There's a, a wedge technique. Um, it's called, um, who was the guy that invented that? It was actually from the insurance industry. Wedge. I forgot. I got to look yeah, that one. Talk about that. I can't yeah. remember it. But it's basically how do you how do you how to drive a wedge between you and the uh, between your client or the prospect and the incumbent 
without bad mouthing the incumbent. Yeah. And that so, goes back to the commitment consistency thing, right? right. Like yep. that's so important, man. It, it, it's, it, you can't, you can't, you, they've got to want to turn on their, got their MSP. You can never make them turn on the guy. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know the, I can't remember the and name. Here, the here's the ironic part too. When we've talked to prospects about any kind of assessment process, like, you know, the approach to that, one of the top reasons why they are worried about having you do it is because they're worried that their current IT provider is going to find out that they're doing it and they're, they're, they're cheating on you. And right. um, so it's really weird when you think about that, right? Where they're, they're looking for some change. They're not quite happy, but they're afraid to do anything about it because they're afraid that the, company or the, in this case, the IT provider that they're trying to change is going to find out and get mad at them and, you know, sabotage their data, hold them hostage, lock them out of accounts. I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about how much, you know, potential power or perceived power that the client thinks that you have over them as the IT provider. And honestly, a lot of IT providers do hold that. Uh, we don't, we, we give, People copy, we call it a run book, you know, here's their documentation. You own all this stuff. Um, you know, we don't want people to feel like they're held hostage. We want them to stay with us because, you know, they they want us to take care of their IT and they want to be here, not because they feel trapped. But I know a lot of times we acquire a new client and the old IT guy's got a stranglehold on stuff and you have got to, you know, pry it out of their their grip. And that's why people are afraid also to change so it's kind of interesting, you know, we go in there with these guns ablazing uh, discovery processes where you got to get on the server and you need admin passwords and you got to make changes to, you know, the, the, the Windows firewalls to get things to scan and to work. All that stuff puts your prospect on high anxiety that their current IT guy is going to find out that you're messing around in there, right? And all that is going to help, you know, it's going to impede the sale, right? It's going to slow you down. They may just say no, and I'll let you even do that. And then what are you going to do? If that was your approach, you're just you're stuck. So right. I always think, you know, trying to uh, address that concern up front. Like on our website, we address it right away. We say step one in the process is we perform discovery, 60, 90 minutes all it takes, and your current IT guy won't even know we were there. It's unintrusive. So yeah. we want people to go, oh, all right, we've already covered that. You know, they may ask about it um, or not, but I want to. I at least want to try to, you know, handle the objection before it becomes an objection. So, um, yeah. yeah, it comes down to questioning, you know, and I know that's your process. That's how you, I know how you collect data during the, during the discovery, you know, during the sales process, what you do after you get the client is different. Right. And that's, I think what, where MSPs need to change their, their, their way of their approach to sales from a non, it's gotta be a non-technical, not, you know, I mean, you're going to have some technical stuff, but a, not a forensically technical analysis during the sales process. It's got to start with questions, man. They'll tell you, people will tell you everything that you need to hear to be able to tell them what they need to hear to buy. They'll, they'll literally tell you what they want you to tell them back. If right. you ask the right questions, and I love the way you do it, you start with just saying, so tell me why I'm here today. And then just shut up and listen, man. They're going to say, oh, man, 
you know, my, my IT guy really screwed up and did this or this happened to us and we're not quite sure why. And then it leads to, well, tell me more. Tell me yeah. more. I could tell you too, you know, the, the mentality of going in and we talk all about our company. Well, let me tell you about Two River Tech. You know, we were started in, uh, you know, 2005 and uh, I was on the side and I was in the financial services. Role. Yeah. And the reality is, is the prospect doesn't give a crap about you. You know, right. sad to say, you know, breaking some hearts here, but sad to say they don't care about you. Right. They care about themselves and you got to pick up on that right away. And, and uh, their time, their time is important to them. Right. Like if the, if you start going on a monologue about Two River Tech or your MSP, Right. They're calculating how much longer they're going to be with. Right. You, right. But but here's the thing. There was a time, I don't know, let's call it 20 years ago, where you couldn't gain that much information about your business until you got there with all your with your brochure or your corporate brochure. We had one paid all this money. I still have some I got like three boxes of them. We must have printed, you know, 10,000 of these things. I don't know who, who we thought we were going to hand them all out to, but you know, we had the brochure. So people don't really know much about you. But now with the internet and social media, people already know all about you, right? They go on your website, they click, they read blogs, they can go on LinkedIn, wherever, right? They get a really good sense. You don't need to go in there and monologue about yourself. You introduce yourself, say hi, and basically say, hey, I'm not going to talk. You tell me everything you want me to know and tell me all your problems. And then when they tell you, then you, you keep digging some more. And then make Make some notes, write it down. And, uh, you know, you, of course, have to look around. You have to do some of your own discovery. You can't just take their word for it. But the prop, see, that's the thing here, man. And this is a weird thing about us MSPs. We'd, re we'd rather be right and lose the sale than wrong or uncomfortable and get the client, right? Think about that. So right. we want to go in there and you want to sell them what you want to sell them and prove to them they need something and, and, and educate them on all the bits and bytes and show them the vendor battle cards and, and why they need all that stuff. And they're tuning you out. They're being polite and they don't buy from you. But you feel good because you do what makes you feel good when you're techie, right? You you went through all the technical detail and you prove to them three different ways why this equation works and all that stuff. And meanwhile... If you actually listen to them, they would have told you all the reasons they would buy from you, right? That's what yeah. I do. I go, okay, tell me all the reasons. Okay, you think your Wi-Fi stinks? Okay, let me go digging around and I'll find out all the reasons why it stinks. But I'm going to make it all about that because that's what's bothering you, right? I'm going to find other stuff out as well. And I might say, yeah, you think your Wi-Fi is bad, but you know what the real issue is, is there's no firewall here. There's no security. So what's happening is, is your neighbors are all connecting up and that's what's causing the issues. Oh my God. Right. So it's much bigger than they think. And we just drill into that. Here's what's the impact to your business. Well, you know, you can't work or your vendors can't connect or, you know, the last client that we sold out to be a church and they were like, we can't stream the, the, uh, the services properly. And it, it, it impacts donations because people can't connect up. I mean, it's like a big thing. And it's much more than just about going to Best Buy and slapping up some cheap old little access point. Um, it's a much bigger thing, but you, you know, if you're hell bent on, on selling, um, you know, managed detection and response, because that's the last vendor that you signed up with and you're, you're super excited, you know, you're running around, you're a solution looking for a problem. Um, and it probably won't buy that from you or buy from anything from you. So you do have to listen. You have to, you know, find the problem for sure. No sale, no problem, no sale. 
Um, yep. Like we talked about, you have to understand that there is value between where they are today and where they could be. And that's what the value of your solution is. Um, but you also have to realize that really what they're doing is they're buying change and that's what you're selling to them. You're not selling access points and matters detection and re response. You're selling change. Yeah. And you have to remember how, and hopefully we've nailed this during this 30 minutes that we've been live uh, of beating this up, that change, getting people to make change is really, really hard. And yeah. you have to dig really deep. And we're going to get into this more psychology on this in the coming weeks. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll leave off with, with a quick story that, you know, you know this, Frank, I, I, I don't come from a technical perspective, a sales background, right? Like I sold as a salesperson, like I, I was trained to sell for, as a salesperson. I got into internet marketing, but I was a non-technical internet marketing person. I wasn't doing the technical stuff. I had people who were doing it. I was a salesperson, I was a marketing person. So what I learned, and, and way back I was doing phone sales. I actually was doing um, phone two appointment phone set, phone close. So you would come from an ad, cold ad on the internet, because we were really good at, at getting leads on the internet. I would get on, you'd make an appointment with me, I would get on the phone with you and I'd do a discovery call to find out what you're doing with your, your ads, your social media, your SEO, all that stuff. I would take a look at your website beforehand and, and analyze it. I would just ask you questions and listen the whole time. And then I would make an appointment for our second call and I would just literally, I would pull out the emotional thing, problems and pains and the, the all the emotion and I would put it in a format if you qualified as a, as a customer for us, because not everybody did. And I would basically tell you what I was going to do for you. And it was literally what you told me you wanted. And I had a great close rate. I mean, it was a process that we took people through. It worked, it, it, people closed. And think about that, that's not a referral, that's a person generated from an ad, buying a very high ticket item over the phone with somebody they never met. It's all because of, of questions, getting to the problem, getting to the deep understanding of why they want to change and what they need to hear to be mentally ready to make the change and to desire to make the change. And I think next week, um, a little you know, preview is uh, as much as we talked about your selling change, guess what? People don't like change even when they say that they do. So there becomes the, uh, the lead in until next week's uh, discussion. Right. Right on. So that's our show for today. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry for the technical difficulties with my speaker talking and Frank having to go sign for a package. Is but it, that's the way live shows are. Man. Crazy thing. Let's, um, let, me, let me tell a quick story here. So I've got some product that had to be replaced. And this has got to be like one of the only vendors who has been re has requires a signature during this stuff. Everybody else. Yeah, that is actually, I didn't think about that. Yeah, they, they made you sign for it. Well, my pharmacy doesn't even make me sign for stuff. But here's the thing. I didn't actually have to sign for it. I just had to be home. Like the guy had to just see me and he threw it on the porch. Really? So, yeah, for the last three or four months, I haven't signed for anything. And no one's, I haven't got any stickers on my door. Like, sorry, you know, you weren't home to sign for it. Everybody just leaves right. everything these days. It seems like that's been waived. This I missed the guy yesterday. Is why I specifically knew what it was because mm -hmm. I you know, to get it. yeah because I was home probably yesterday all day except for ten minutes and that's when they FedEx showed up and I had the sticker right. on the door. 
So I knew they were going to come today, and I had a funny feeling that as soon as we, you and I got on live, that uh, yeah, it's Murphy's Law. Why wouldn't he? And and it was funny because he was putting it as I was going downstairs. He was putting a sticker on the door, and then he saw me. He took the sticker off. I opened the door, and he goes, "Yeah, you just have to be home." And he just tossed it on the porch, basically like boom, like I'm not even going to touch you. He just threw wow. it. So I didn't technically sign for it. He just visibly saw I was home. Visibly signed. I get yeah. it. Yeah, and that's the way it is. You know, if this is the worst of our technical difficulties during a live, the, 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 we haven't cut out once. My video hasn't frozen once. My audio went off and I had to connect to a Bluetooth speaker, but it's it's all right. And my J button is falling off my... It's all situational. I just read... Oh, this is probably slightly not appropriate, but I, I just read an article about... Um, they were talking about like investment bankers. Some of these guys will travel on private planes. Like it's like high, you know, high stakes selling and, you know, they're, they're together for days and it's a lot of like schmoozing and, and like dining out. And the guy was saying he, that they were flying from one city to the other. They've got the client and the plane, it's, you know, smaller plane. And um, he said they were out like the night before big dinners, you know, how you have the, you know, like sometimes when we travel the steak and, you know, we're drinking wine and stuff. You wake up the next day and your your head hurts. And the guy's, you know, he drinks coffee, eats a big breakfast. They get on the plane. He's got to go to the bathroom. And this is like a like a fear of mine. Like he's being trapped somewhere where you just can't yeah. use the toilet, right? And he's like, you know, he's trying to fight it off. So the the article is hilarious. I'll have to send it to you. It's uh, it was on Facebook. It's really funny. But the guy was just saying how, um, like he's trying to fight it off. They're hitting turbulence. He finally like waves to the um to the, the flight attendant and says i hate to ask but where's the bathroom and she's like well we really don't have one but the seat like behind you like flips up and uh underneath like the leather is like the toilet but it's really like emergency only type of thing so oh he, says, he looks and their client she is sitting in that seat so he has to ask her to switch seats he's like apologize i'm so sorry i'm so sorry switch seats right and he said there's a privacy shade, except it only goes up about here. So he's like, he's a bobbing head. And so he lifts up. He said the toilet looks like it was made in Italy. It's like, it's like perfectly polished, like wood, like, no, it's never been used. And he, and so he has to use the toilet on this plane. But so you talk about things that can go wrong in the situation. Like to me, that's like, that would be, I would jump. I think I would just jump out of the plane. <laughs> oh like, my God. That is a great way. Yeah. <laughs> to end the podcast and start the weekend. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll uh, <laughs> that note, empty your bladders and make sure you're not on a full stomach before you get on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mike. Have a, Have a great week, everybody.